0: The information expressed in the following podcast is intended for educational purposes only and was
1: created by and belongs solely to Believe Limited and the Flow podcast and does not necessarily reflect the views of our sponsors. Please speak to your healthcare provider before making any medical decisions.
0: I was going to introduce you the other day and be like, Sarah Watson, sex therapist. Pew, pew. And then be like, these are condom guns. Oh, pew
2: pew pew, pew. <laughs> Like IUD guns and lube guns is what I would would like that. Lube. Okay, like a super soaker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. Lube. Yeah. I like a lube super soaker. That's great. Into it.
0: Totally. Hi. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jessica, and welcome to Flow. I'm here with Sarah Watson, sex therapist. And we have Representative Jamie Churches in the House, District 27, House Representative in the Flow House. Get ready to get inspired to take action. But first, we're going to want to know how's your flow? Welcome once again to Flow. We're gonna start off as we always do by normalizing the conversation around menstruation with the question, "How is your flow, Sarah?" Sporty Spice.
2: Sporty Spice today. Ah, uh, yeah, hey, I think phone. I just ovulated. I was feeling um, oh. yeah, <laughs> feeling that, and uh, I was a bit of an emotional nightmare last. Oh. Uh, last week before it came. So going to be looking into that, as I said before, but then it made sense. You know, that's me again, not paying attention people to what's happening. And then being like, Oh, that's why it was a nightmare. So yeah, it was painful. Thank
0: you for being so candid. What is emotional nightmarishness? What is that?
2: Oh, so just, it's kind of like when I I would describe like kind of waking up on the wrong side of the bed, like super sassy and everything was irritating and everyone was irritating mm. including sadly my husband and my child mm. and the dog mm. i even got mad at the mm. dog <laughs> so
0: it was that's kind of ridiculous. impressive no that's yeah. impressive
2: yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i went and tried to do work it out and like change my mood do all the skills and tools didn't work no it, it only helped when i took a nap later then then and, and then it was a little better
0: well, sleep is medicine sometimes. I think Cheers. Representative Churches talks about when she's in such pain how sleep is the only thing. And that's, that's an unfortunate fact that that's the only remedy. But good to know yeah. that emotional distress or emotional nightmarish, nightmarishness can be remedied by sleep. What about, I'm just yeah. curious, I'm going to be candid here, you have some sure. great things behind you. Yeah. And I think you're like an athlete that's sponsored by companies, but your companies are cool and make <laughs> vibrators and lube. So yes. does sex ever act as like a way to deal with nightmares emo- or, or orgasm that is like, does
2: oh, absolutely. self-pleasure ever act as that during 100%. Your cycle? 100%. So I don't know if we've talked yeah. about, I'm sure we have talked about it, even when you're having period cramps that if you have self-pleasure and it's orgasmic, that that can help reduce the cramping and reduce Mm -hmm. your pain so i'm a huge advocate of that and yes behind me we have some new products i have a vibrator from dame d-a-m-e
1: we have their
2: lubrication and a handheld i'm gonna grab it it's called the palm p-o-m cutie patootie and it is for self-pleasure it's so cute
0: like a little cupping, sure. like a little sits yes. in your hand, and you just cup. it's cute
2: right in your hand, and so they reached out and wanted to see if I could give my reviews, and I will be posting about that as soon as I do. They're being charged right now, so yeah, it's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. Oh, like the
0: the devices are being charged. Yes. The sponsor Dame Dame is not sponsoring, isn't being charged for your time talking about Dame. We just are excited that you, as sex therapist, like a race car driver, have sponsors that are helping sex be good.
2: Yeah, right. Right? So yeah, you have to know what's going on with your own body so you can share it with your partner or manage your pain. Yes. Mm -hmm. There. Yeah. Well, I'm on my last day of menstruation today. I would. Oh, ooh, okay. Better? Like, where, like yeah, what's that mean for you?
0: I love the last day. The last day is like it's really light. I guess mm-hmm. what I'm interested in, you mentioned that, you know, like how do you deal with the ovulation nightmarishness? Because mm-hmm. I know that I might not have pain during ovulation, but I mm-hmm. might get that antsiness, that angst, mm-hmm. that sort of like, rah, like, you know, mm-hmm. horny rage, I guess. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's like self- that.
0: Yeah. So I'm learning that sleep is a remedy. Mm Self-pleasure is a remedy. Mm -hmm. Talking to people around you about what's going on is a remedy.
2: Yeah. Try to pay attention so you know what's going on and not be like me the last two months. I'm sure you've been busy. (laughs) I've been a smidge busy, but that's okay. And definitely learning how to apologize continuously to my partner and my tiny human for my attitude. So that is helpful a humbling experience
0: <laughs> to apologize for your attitude
2: yeah i also like a good heating pad you know a good heating pad sesh it's great love it always warming well this mm-hmm. combo has felt like a heating pad on
0: my brain yeah. which is nice it's a good place to come from relaxed and comforting because we are going to get fired up about yes. activating change in the political sphere with Representative Jamie Churches. We're gonna talk and use sound clips from a conversation with her, but first we're gonna take this quick break to hear from our sponsor.
1: This
2: ad is brought to you by Von Vendi, Von Willebrand Factor Recombinant.
1: Hi, my name is Nicole. I didn't always feel empowered to speak up for myself or ask for the care and support I needed. Becoming part of a community and hearing other people's experiences helped to change my perspective. That's why my deciding factor is making my voice heard. To hear my story and access other helpful resources, drop by Von Bendi, that's V O N B E N D I dot com slash patient dash stories.
0: And we are back. We are ready to talk to, with, and about Representative Jamie Church's. Let us talk about what happened in Michigan when the house got flipped because we are privileged to have the reason that it flipped from red to blue with us on flow, Representative Jamie Churches.
1: It starts with education. And um, so I left my job. I got elected to office. I went from fifth grade teacher last year and now I am a state representative for the Michigan State House. We were actually able to flip the house from red to blue. I was, I was like one of those marginal seats. I won by 660 votes. So that was cool. But I, I wanted to do this to change education legislation, but also bring awareness to female health.
0: Like, wow.
2: Wow. Amazing. You were in
0: Michigan.
1: Do you remember when yes. it felt like when that happened?
2: When the house like, went? I literally just got shivers and chills. Like, I have goosebumps just thinking about it. It was so exciting to wake up and find out. Not only did we flip the house, we also have a load of women at the top Gretchen Wilmers like she's the bat. like Gretchen we love Gretch big Gretch we call her big Gretch Gretch here Mm mm-hmm big yeah that's her nickname and other women that are at the top Dana Nussle she's great and it's amazing it was so exciting I felt sadly felt safer
0: I mean let's take the wins feel safer that's better yes there's a woman holding the gavel Mm -hmm. There's someone with the uterus understanding who's who's giving time for speeches to happen. As Representative Church has mentioned, the vulnerable speech she gave on the floor about the need for more menstrual education would not have been allowed in the past. (sighs) But there was a woman holding the gavel. And so she was able to speak. Let's hear about what she had to say.
1: The first speech I gave on the floor was about addressing language and pain and discomfort. And I, in March, I spoke, this was recently about the resolution for endometriosis awareness day. And I gave a speech that under a Republican led legislature would not be allowed to have happened last year. So three months earlier, I would have been gaveled down. And because we earned that one seat, my, my, my speaker and my speaker pro tem, she sat in, to have a woman at the helm of that, with that gavel, it meant something to me when I gave that speech of, of looking at at Rep Hutsky and knowing that she has a shared experience with me and she acknowledges my pain. So I got up there and I was vulnerable and I spoke to a room and I knew, in, to a room that I knew wasn't designed for people like me, right, it was designed for men and it wasn't designed for me the first day that i went on the floor for orientation i had period pain i said this in my speech we all know that feeling of not having the products that you need readily available to you and even if they are you have to leave the stall so you have to use a wadded up piece of toilet paper and rely on the kindness of other women this unspoken sisterhood of women to support you through because if you talk about it it, you are ashamed. And I think the reason why we don't have shared language and, and we don't have as much support is because of the shame that that women's health and women's reproductive is kind of shrouded around. Like having a period can be seen as like, oh, it's too uncomfortable to talk about. And, and women's pain is not acknowledged as much because we don't have that language. We need to develop The language for younger generations and we need to teach it from a young age men women boys girls and non-binary people need to know the experiences that people with female reproductive organs go through because we need to have empathy for each other and we need to acknowledge pain and discomfort that everyone goes through and we can't approach it with judgment you have to suspend judgment because that is the only way we're going to be able to collaborate to come up with solutions and we have to invest in research and the development of curriculum so that we can begin to empower people to not only help themselves but help each other after i gave my speech i had women come up to me and they were like you're saying my story this is what i went through before i had my babies or this is i had to get a hysterectomy i had to do this and and i had a woman who worked for another another legislator and she told me she had her surgery in a couple weeks and i was recovering from my surgery and i had these like elevation pillows the other like these amazing foam pillows. it was like a hundred bucks on amazon but i had these these little ice packs from frida and and like little knee supports and She came and she got them and we support each other. She told me she's having her surgery and I texted her. I'm like, I have these pillows that literally gave me comfort, like a little bit more comfort. We came back from our our spring recess and she told me like, thank you for those pillows. Those were really helpful. Another staffer. On the education committee she works on ed policy with us and she said her best friend that goes to wayne state is having the surgery and she told her about my story and and she shared my speech with her and then i asked her how her surgery went so just like having an awareness that like hey this is important hey this is really hard and it's okay and I understand and I'm here to listen about your experience and I'm here to check on you and and make sure you're okay. And and then we can talk about those things and compare notes and and compare doctors and um, surgeries and, and fears and hopes and ideas that we have for the future. That is where this work starts and we have to build it together. We really do.
0: <laughs> I wish I could have been there in person to have heard that speech. I feel
1: it. Mm -hmm.
0: It's so inspiring to hear you speak. How long have you used these
1: words? I started running two years ago. So like two years, I was just like, I decided I was like, okay. And my life went a different way. I got divorced. I filed for office. (laughs) I bought a new house. I campaigned. I got a new job. Like sometimes you just gotta take and see where it takes you, you know? I got divorced while being a teacher. There was a staffing shortage. My principal, she knew it was going to be a hard day. I didn't take off work because they didn't have a sub for me. So I got divorced like in a storage closet at work while my principal was watching my class. Like These are the things that women have to go through in people. And we can do it. And it's, life is hard, but... When we support each other, like she supported me that day and I'll never forget her for that. And she shows up at my events and she shares her ideas about administration and she also has period pain. So when I was going through my period pain, she would let me go home early if I was having a heavy bleed day or something like that. But you find women who show up for you in really tremendous ways, but we have this shared lived experience of being unheard and unseen. And and still having to be leaders. So she's a leader in my community as an administrator. And she was able to empower me and lift me up, not only through a hard emotional time in my life, but a really exciting professional time in my my life while I was campaigning for office and running a fifth grade classroom simultaneously. But I couldn't do it without the partnership of those women who stood with me.
0: Those like you on the forefront, using your voice to be in those spaces, in those spaces Mm -hmm. that were. Built to keep women out and to be there adamantly changing the space requires as definitive disobedience,
1: I would say. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. I'm I'm seen as a disobedient woman instead of. of a person who's advocating for people. Because what I'm pushing for is uncomfortable for other people, we have reluctant learners in our nation. And as a teacher, I'm not afraid of a reluctant learner. I take that challenge on. And that's why I have decided to change the space in which I work because I realize that our policy was built by reluctant learners and it's time to change that. Judgment and shame comes from a lack of
0: education about just blood being blood and
1: blood that comes out. Naturally occurring blood
0: is the kind of blood that should be comfortable. How can we bring blood into the conversations in such places of decorum like these professional tables that men built? How do we boldly just talk about the blood in a way
1: that reduces the shame? I just do it. I just did it. I just got up there on that floor and I talked about wadding up a piece of toilet paper. I said it. And I but why was I allowed to say that? Because I knocked thousands and thousands of doors and overturned that chamber from a Republican legislature to a Democratic chamber. What kind of, of people are there, like men can be allies too, right? And they, can see us and be okay with us, but how were what were their lived experiences? What were they taught? What were they conditioned to believe? And I believe it all comes back to education. If we are conditioning our kids to take a tampon or a pad and hide it when they walk to the bathroom, we are building, it's built in shame about menstruation for why, when we should be having the conversation of girls are going to be going through this. If you, see one of your friends one of your colleagues at school one of your peers who drops a tampon don't snicker pick it up for her give it to her and say oh this product that you need to care and take care of your body no different than a toothbrush or a a, a tube of of toothpaste like this is normal and it's like a tissue you would give someone a tissue If someone sneezes, I'm just picturing like kids being blood and like a male student bringing a female student a tissue and that being normal. But not, but, but that's the difference, right? Men blow their noses. Men have snot and boogers. Men don't bleed. So men don't have the kind of empathy, not all men, some men, we have allies of men, but it, it is discomfort for some men to think of something so different from their experience to put themselves in our shoes to say oh how would this feel is this gross or actually is it something that's beautiful that that brings life like we're creators of life right and and that takes work and it's messy right building life is 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 messy learning new things is messy and when i taught fifth grade when i taught long division of decimals there was there was no way i didn't have tears i didn't have questions i if i taught every day and every kid nodded their head and completed their work and all got a's that would be a, a day that i wouldn't need a job anymore but that's the thing is like we have so much work to do to roll up our sleeves and be comfortable being uncomfortable and we need to teach those people who don't have the same experience and don't have the conversations at home. So we have to build them in to our society, in our public places like schools, workplaces. I mean, women deserve to have time off. Like Spain has offered days off every month. Like they're a leading example of how do we create workplaces to support women or people? in their experience, because we don't need to be gaslit into thinking we're lazy and we're trying to take time off work. But to be honest, women are oftentimes today working members of their family and the primary (laughs) emotional support system to their children with supportive men or other partners in some of those situations. But females... They tend to shoulder that burden disproportionately than men do, but we are not tailoring our resources and our education to make women feel the same amount of support that men have felt in the past because we have different experiences and that haven't been acknowledged in the same way.
0: I feel invigorated. Like our, Like the world is changing as long as you keep doing what you're doing. I
1: mean... I mean, I'm only one person, and I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a fifth grade teacher doing a job I've never done before. you know <laughs> but when
0: we have reluctant learners, you know what we need? a fifth grade teacher in the house <laughs> yes. is teaching those men
1: in suits <laughs> I know I'm just i I couldn't sit by anymore and have decisions made by other people for me. I just couldn't. There was some moments in life, I, I got my master's and I was going to be a principal and I was like starting to think like, okay, I've been a teacher for a long time. Maybe I'm going to start doing this. And then, I, I mean, I love learning and growing. So I was thinking about getting my PhD and I started like applications to a couple of PhD programs. I'm like, well, maybe I'll do this. This sounds like really cool. I applied to a couple of jobs, different jobs that were education related, but not and then one day i gave my students an assignment and i was like write down 3 dreams you have that need no prerequisites like and why you could be a famous football star or an actress or a bioengineer or an astronaut like don't hold back and i read those and then i just like sat at my desk and i was like all right what would i do and I wrote mine down and one of them was like going into politics and it's not something I had predestined that I've never thought of it before. But the reason being, I had seen too many people in this space, not all people, but a lot of people who have made really detrimental decisions to the collective as a whole. And I just thought, I cared enough to make a change (laughs) and because I could care enough that I could change the way things were. And just my little ripple could have an impact. And I really believed that. And there were three things I was thinking about being a principal or, or, um, getting a PhD or being a politician. And I hate. God, it's such a dirty word. No one likes politicians. Everyone hates them. Such a bad reputation. I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna have to tell people this is what I chose. But I picked the one that scared me the most. And that was the one that was gonna, I knew I was gonna have to be the most vulnerable. I know the community in which I live is, I mean, this seat, this district where I live was supposed to be unwinnable for a Democrat. But because I showed up in my authentic truth and I refused to let someone tell me I couldn't. And I showed up and I listened to alternate perspectives. And I, because I genuinely care, I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. I care about people. I care about women and men, non binary people. I just want people to feel supported. And I want people in politics that aren't influenced by. I don't want the way that we govern to be influenced by the money that's in politics either. And that is disheartening. And unfortunately, the money, even with female reproduction, isn't funneled into female reproduction because that isn't the cool thing always. It goes into things that generate big business, big flashy business. And I'm more for public transit and helping public education and, and and making sure that we are decreasing mortality rates with childbirth and giving women the resources they need during pregnancy, like having pregnancy care workers or thinking about the nurse midwifery community in a different way. And how do women get to these appointments? Like, how can you give birth not drive, maybe you don't have a support system. You can't bring your kids to an appointment. and how are you going to drive there? We're going to take the bus. You're going to Uber. Who's going to watch your newborn baby? Like we are not building our health services around the needs of women, but we're expecting them to just be able to do it, and it's not easy for women with support. So what about women without support? That is unreal to me. So we have to really rethink the way we approach healthcare resources. He's
0: so cute. (laughs) He just concurs so much. So do I. He was so inspired to do this and to speak out to be a permission slip of someone speaking out because of the pain she endured. She Mm -hmm. told us about it. I think she had. It's an endometrioma.
2: Have you heard of this before? I had to do some deep research, and it was still pretty hard to. Um, In my sad little Google search, not a medical search, but <laughs> to try to understand what it was. But holy cow, when she said that she looked like she was with child when she was laying down and the yeah. pain the
0: pain 6.5 inches
1: like Ooh. that
0: large of a situation and just enduring it and enduring it and we hear it time and time again the normalization mm-hmm. of enduring as if it's a sport that you you can win but it's not it's a losing sport yeah. we didn't choose it it's it's wild to hear about the repeated dismissal of pain that representative church has experienced
1: so i i've struggled with painful periods since i was I don't know 15 as long as i can remember and i just kind of like dealt with the pain and i had surgery in march Um, my right ovary had an endometrioma on it that was six and a half inches in diameter and with it was like a ball my (laughs) yeah when you could see it when i laid flat like it looked sort of like i was like with child and my right or my left ovary had a slightly smaller one; it was about four inches. So I had a very long surgery at the University of Michigan Hospital, and I have a specialist, Doctor Lim, who's fantastic, who did an uh, laparoscopic surgery to remove the endometriomas from my right and left ovary. And then it, they they ruptured during the surgery, so they they were able to clean them out. And I I do have some like a mushroom shape growth on my rectum that they left because um, dealing with surgeries with those organs are quite risky. And the length of my surgery was like quite extensive. I think I was five, six hours ish. So they had to kind of stop, but those growths kept growing and growing. And I kind of waited as long as I could, but it was affecting me because physically my clothes weren't fitting the same way. When I would eat, I would, Feel really uncomfortable. If I had to go to the bathroom, it, it was hurting. My periods were really painful. So she put me on, I, I don't know the name of it <laughs> off the top of my head, but a pill that essentially I don't bleed because it, it is going to reduce the risk of these growths coming back. If they would come back, there's a 30% risk if they come back. But if I take this medication, it's 15%. And it's hard for me not to have a period because I'm like almost emotionally connected to it. Not that it's like fun to have the kind of periods I have, but I've always wanted to be a mom. So this is like a hard journey to be on. (laughs) And I'm a few years ago, I got divorced. So it feels really scary to not have like a life plan, but it is, it's really hard. And I think a lot of women go through this, but we don't really talk about it. So I've been talking about it a little bit more. And for many years before I found Dr. Lim, I had gone to several, several doctors trying to address my pain and discomfort unsuccessfully. And it was almost like, well, this just happens. Like this is just cramps. These are just cramps. Like I wish that we could describe cramps in a different way. And even when you go to the doctor and they're like, can you describe your pain from a level one to ten on a scale of one to ten? And when i was having at some points in my life having period pain to where i couldn't bend over to put on my shoes i was vomiting i had diarrhea i had full body migraines i couldn't move i couldn't get off the pain, like off my couch like it felt like my hair hurt like i don't know what was going on but it was almost like that wasn't acknowledged and the only thing I could do was get a heating pad or eat popsicles because I didn't want to eat food because I was like I was just totally alone. You feel so isolated when you are experiencing pain at that level. And I would I did supplements, I did holistic work, I went to doctors at the university of michigan i was changing my diet i stopped eating dairy (laughs) i don't use alcohol at all because it's inflammatory and it is really hard on my body cannabis was something i relied on once a month and it it made me nervous at first but I, i looked into how to get my medical card here in michigan because when i had my period cramps like it was the only way they had like a patch that you could put on your body and it was like localized for the pain and it would honestly just Help me go to sleep. And to be in so much pain that you just want to go to sleep is so overwhelming when you are trying to figure out what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to manage this. And then I got connected with you from my therapist, but she's a fertility therapist. She specializes in that. And I sought out the resource for myself. And I would drive, I don't know, 35 minutes to see her because, um, like one of my dreams in life is to have like a really full table and have kids. And I was afraid that that wasn't something my body would let me have, you know, and or my social life would allow me to have from my experiences. And it's overwhelming, but to have someone to talk about it who sees you and recognizes your pain and suffering is really important. And our medical system doesn't do a comprehensive job making women feel heard about their pain and discomfort. And it doesn't help us like give a tailored, individualized approach to how to manage this pain and discomfort.
0: So, enduring that amount of pain was a little bit of Representative Church's origin story to become the activist and politician she is today. Yeah. But also, were two very specific experiences she's going to tell us about one involving access to period products, and one involving being isolated and in pain.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: She was first at an assembly meeting at, or at the house, she was at a political yep. event and in the bathroom, and without coins on her, could not access period products. Right. And how, how, what, uh, abandoned. Uh, the system she was there to serve, she could feel by not having that access.
1: It was in November and I I had to go to the bathroom. I wasn't supposed to be on my period. Um, Because of the election, my cycle was off and I went to the bathroom. There were no female reproductive care products that I could get without having like coins and I didn't have money on me. So I ended up (laughs) like asking women and I talk about this shared experience, this shared lived experience that women have.
2: Right. And when you have to, I think she mentioned to like ball, you know, wadding up toilet paper. Mm. Right. Because that's what you have to do as a person with a uterus who's having a period and you don't have supplies. You have to take what you can get and that. But like, think about like, we've all been in public buildings. Think about the quality of that toilet paper. <sighs> it is tissue paper. Really? It's like very thin wrapping tissue paper. If you were someone who is a heavy bleeder, that's not going to help you. So you feel abandoned. You feel alone. You don't feel supported. Oh, plus all of these other like logistical problems on top, like you're going to bleed through everything. Ooh. You're going to bleed and through everything.
0: Bleed through everything that you're wearing, bleed through yep. what you're there to exist in, but also bleed through mm-hmm. all your activities when yeah. she was campaigning as well, mm-hmm. finding that overwhelm feeling of yeah. her period stopping her in her tracks while she's campaigning to solve the same problem. Right. So what else mm-hmm. do you do? Like she's doing, she has yeah. to do. Right. But taken down to her knees. I mean, thank goodness for, she talks about the unspoken sisterhood.
2: Mm-hmm. 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 I love that. And then I'm also like, ugh, like, because why does it have to be this unspoken sisterhood? Why Why aren't we supported by all people? Right. Mm. Like, why mm. is it only women that are making or people that bleed, excuse me, that are reaching out to be the helpers? Not not just everyone. It's like, oh, I know how that feels. Right. Because right. we it's know like- how that feels.
0: It's an opportunity. Everyone could be reaching out, but no, but right now, yeah, we need everyone else who's reaching out in this sisterhood to be helping each other lift up, help Jamie continue to campaign as someone did.
1: I was suffering from period pain and, and to get elected, you have to knock a lot of doors. And I knocked almost 14,000 doors by myself. And there was one day I was knocking doors. My phone had died cause I like keep track on my phone. There's like an app that it, you write notes about the people you talk to and it's very helpful, but I was crushed with debilitating period pain. And I didn't know where my car was cause you get in these neighborhoods and you just go and you're like, oh my God. And all I could do was hug a curb. All I could do was sit down, and this woman, she came up to me, right? And she was in her car, and she could see me, like, and she mouthed, like, are you okay? And I remember that moment because I didn't respond, because I didn't want to say I wasn't okay, because I wanted to be okay. And I just will never forget her, because she could have kept going, and instead she stopped And she drove me to like where I needed to go was with the doctor because I was in so much chronic pain. And I had like bled through all of my clothes. Like everything was just like horrible that day. And it's embarrassing, right? Like you're just embarrassed and you feel alone and you're stuck. And um, she helped me. And then I had spoke at a, what do you call it? The Bodily Autonomy Rally. Yeah, and there was a lot of people there. It was with like Congresswoman Debbie Dingell and um, leaders in my community. They they started this bodily autonomy group, and and we were just speaking about how um, the fall of Roe left this state, our nation, the attack on women, and the suppression of our ability to make decisions for ourselves, and that. Is something that should have never been taken away. And the fact that we had to fight for it. And I saw that woman at that rally, and she's the one who took care of, I didn't even know her name, you know. But it's that 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 sisterhood, you know. She cares about the same things I do, and we're there for each other. But it's almost like we have to come together, and we can't take things for granted in this day and age because. It seems as though, to me, in my opinion, that women who are educated and vocal and honest and advocating for what they need and are not obedient to the way that things once were are seen as a threat instead of an ally for building a better future. So it is our responsibility for younger generations to lead Fearlessly lead so that our rights are not only protected, but expanded. And the resources are grown instead of diminished. Because that is what all people deserve, not just women. But for some reason, the system, I mean, this is a system, let's be honest, created by men, tailored to men. And women deserve the right to sit at that table. And all people, no matter their gender, their race, their heritage, like we all deserve a table. And it's about scooching over and lengthening that table. And I think that's what this work is about, is like, how do we do that? Because there's room for all of us.
2: I can picture it, right? Like I can picture her busting her butt by walking around all of these neighborhoods door to door right and then knocking and doing her thing and I'm sure she did not get all of the best you know she wasn't received greatly at every house I'm sure and then realizing okay I've bled through everything I'm in so much pain that all I can do is sit down on the curb and like curl up into a ball and like just be in the pain Ugh. Mm. be
0: in the pain feeling the pain, which from like a wellness point of view can be a good way to work through it. Sure. But When we're isolated and alone and knowing this is a story repeated for women menstruating right now on corners mm-hmm. somewhere, someone is curled up in a ball in pain. Yeah. So we're inspired that rep- churches kept going. Yeah. So She can help work for all of them too. Absolutely.
1: I just, I appreciate the work that you all are doing and I know that these um, conversations are uncomfortable for some, but I think the more we are willing to share our discomfort, the more that we can um, show younger generations that there is a space for them to, to be themselves unapologetically.
2: I can remember going to school and being like, this is awful. And I think I've told this story before. I went to a very small school, high school. Two of my very good friends, both had very bad periods where they would they it would be so painful for them that they would go to sleep in class Mm. like and it wasn't because they were like i'm tired and i'm you know 16. it was i'm in so much pain the only thing i can do is to be unconscious right through pain i have not gotten to that point but oh yeah like let me just power through all of this while you can feel I you know this is back in the day when tampons were more used right, but feel the tampon being full. Mm. I mean, I, I gotta keep going. Like I, I just have to hope. I have to hope and and see if I can make it through whatever event it was. Like not feeling like you could go change it because mm-hmm. it was oh yeah for whatever so fast or for whatever reason like it wasn't it was like oh playing a game like playing sports. Or you can't just like, like, oh, I got to leave the softball field to go change my tampon. That wasn't what it was like.
0: It's so wild because I guess, I mean, I I got to be on Bloodstream podcast recently and I talked about this little known fact. Of course, you know how my Mm -hmm. blood, like it actually is menstrual blood that flows through Mm. my veins, right? And because of that, naturally, because of that, I can control when I start and stop to bleed. But most people can't. And the thing that's wild about the idea of powering through sports is I get training and athleticism. It might be about, like, getting control of your bowels. It might be about getting in tune with your body enough to not need to stop and pee in the middle right. of a sporting event. Like, sure. I get to be that trained and disciplined. But you cannot dictate your menstrual mm-hmm. flow. No. If, I mean, if you have menstrual blood flowing through your veins like I do, like, sometimes <laughs> you can. But in general, people right. cannot. So to expect the same level of athleticism discipline or discipline to endure Mm -hmm. as we do from a level of like Olympian,
1: Mm -hmm. like
0: let's see how great people can be, it's just not the same ballpark. Menstrual time says this is when you're bleeding that much. Yeah, That much blood is coming out of you right now. Doesn't matter that you have to throw that
2: basket. Right? Yeah. They're like, whatever. When I was a teenager, right? Like it was like junior year of high school freshman year of high school like oh here you have a bleeding disorder and thank god that my bleeding disorder did not impact my periods in a way that it made it awful but it was still not I mean it was still very painful and I was still using bigger tampons and it would last a long time
0: but when you say here you are a teenager you mean what Mm -hmm. the teenager the teenage pressure to other pressures what what is it the part of being a teenager
2: oh yeah being a teenager not really realizing oh you should go take care of this like that yourself like your body is more important than this stupid softball or volleyball or whatever bullshit game and listen i did Mm. not last long in group sports i didn't (laughs) last long
0: (laughs) oh no not with that attitude (laughs) Not with that. out Sarah's <laughs> attitude this yeah. episode.
2: Get that out of here. Like, <laughs> Just no leave sofa. the field. Yeah, bye. Yeah. Not a runner, people. I'm not a runner.
0: But bodily autonomy and agency, what you're talking about is exactly. feeling, which a lot, I remember as a youth feeling like I wasn't, I didn't have agency over a lot and we're Mm-mm. raised to maybe not feel like our bodies are... Our own, but are to be dictated to. I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. hopefully not as much anymore. Generations and parenting is changing.
2: Yes, but thank God.
0: Gee, Representative churches is, is big on bodily autonomy. We heard from her about that. Yes, bodily autonomy isn't something that starts at any point, right? No. It's an inherent right.
2: reality. Yeah. Since the beginning, so I think had to like, would you say, like? Yes, you have to learn it, but like, since like you can walk, right? Like, you know, until you can like get around right okay like, yeah that's wh- more autonomy yeah then you know these tiny people are choosing where to go right I would say that was maybe when it when it starts like really full force
0: Well you know a tiny person who doesn't know where they're walking might need to be picked up and moved so they don't have full agency <laughs> sure but they're on their way they're
2: on their way're they on their
0: way and to those to the teenager inside everyone who might feel like they weren't allowed to stop the game to go deal with something their body needed. Mm-hmm. That's who we are often talking to on Flow, right? Folks who are mm-hmm. feeling like that teenager inside if they're not actually a teenager going through it. Yeah, absolutely. been told they can't actually manage their pain. There's not time for it, there's not resources mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. And we've been honored on Flow to have guests to help say the opposite. Right. There is time absolutely. to talk about your menstruation, there is time to activate change in the political system. Representative Churches is helping that
2: happen. Heck yes, we love her. So excited to have her as representative in my state. How exciting! I know
0: you're so lucky. I can't wait to come visit. Next yeah. flow episode is going to be in Michigan. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> flow is produced by Bloodstream Media and edited by Kay Vermeil. Shout out to Flow's creative director Amy Board and hosts Jessica Richmond and Sarah Watson. New episodes are available the second Thursday of each month. Hey, that's
2: the day after I start menstruating.